All right. Welcome back to another episode of Become a Calm Mama. I'm Darlin. I'm your host. And as you know, I'm doing a series and inviting experts on different parts of our lives. Last week, we had Victoria Yates on and she talked about our relationship with our body and our diet. So we are really lucky today because I am interviewing Dr. Siobhan Parat and she, I want to tell you a little bit about her. Uh, she's a life and marriage coach and she helps couples. So, you know, mamas, listen up. This is for you. If you are in any sort of relationship with another human being who's an adult, um, so that she helps couples develop mindset and skills to create happy marriages and partnerships. You guys, she's not just a life and marriage coach. She's also has a doctorate from John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. And she focused her research on communication and intimate partnerships. She's also an author of Voices in Your Ear, New Conversations to Transform Your Mind and Renew Your Marriage. And she's a coach. She's the founder of Relatable, which is a coaching practice, kind of like mine, that provides virtual coaching to couples seeking transformational coaching tools. So we're so lucky to have you. Welcome, Siobhan. Thank you for having me. It's a delight to be here. Yeah, I'm so I'm so happy because I am married and have been married for 25 years. Which thank you. It's a really <laughs> long time. Yeah. And what that means is that we have gone through so many different stages of our marriage. Um we did not have kids right away, so we had a period of time without kids and then young kids. And those middle years, I call them the golden years and kind of where you're at, right? Your kids are six and eight. You're kind of out of that little, those like very, very physical stage of parenting. Are Um, we, are we really? (laughs) Well, you're not like having babies on your hips all the time. No, you're not having babies on your hips. They can walk and get themselves to where they need to be and get Mm -hmm. a snack sometimes. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's, I think of it as the stages of parenting is there's a very physical stage and then there's a very mental stage and that's like six to 12. It's all like you're teaching so many things and you're in your head so much and trying to figure it all out. Like that's that six to 12 and then 12 to 18 is the emotional stage. Okay. You're pretty sure your heart's going to be broken into 100. It's already getting broken. Like just the conversations I have with my daughter, she's the eight year old (laughs) about like, the girl things, right? Mm-hmm. Which then triggers my own, like, oh, I remember when that happened to me. Yes. All the things. So, yes, so true. So now, you know, I was thinking about my marriage and just all the different stages that we've been in and how there have been times when I'm like, this is, we're not going to make it. Like, I don't know. There's so much stress, life stress. And I want you to talk about all this. Like, so much going on, especially in these years when you have little ones. And then when you're in the, all the, all the parenting parts, it's, it's like, there's so much going on outside of us that is affecting our emotions and our time and our energy and our money and everything. And we want our person to, I don't know, rescue us, do it all week, you know, let's get into it. But, um, when it doesn't happen the way that we think it should happen or what we're not even able to communicate what we want, it's, it can feel really lonely. Yeah. And that is hard. And, um, 
Yeah. So my husband and I are in a good stage, but I know that some of the tools that you teach have, are the same tools that we have applied that have really helped us. So I'm hoping that this episode can be really good, like practical for my listeners and that they're like, walk away and be like, Ooh, I'm going to do those things with my husband or I'm with myself or however, whatever you offer us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just have to first just honor the fact that you can say like, I don't know. There were times when I didn't know if we were going to make it, because I think that is the secret thought in everyone's head and their marriage that no one feels comfortable or feels like they have permission to say. Mm-hmm. And even as a marriage coach, I think one of the main things I teach my clients is like, you're going to have seasons and stages where that feels real to you, where you're going to question, did I marry the right person? Are we going to be able to make it? Am I ever going to be happy here with them? And it is one of those things that people are ashamed to say, right? But even as a marriage coach, I can tell you, I have those thoughts, Yeah, right? Yeah. Having those thoughts is not the problem. It's having the thoughts, ruminating on the thoughts, taking actions and creating results from those thoughts. <laughs> that's the place where people get stuck. Right. It's not from having them, right? Because there are things happening that make you have those questions, right? So you said, (laughs) I love you're like, well, you know, we're here and we're parenting. And I know for the women that I work with, that I talk with, all they want is a partner, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. They're not looking for someone to come rescue them and do everything while they sit on the couch eating bonbons. Mm -hmm. They are screaming for partnership. Yes. And I think some of the places where that breaks down are really what you've said, right? And being able to one, know what even how you would define partnership for yourself mm-hmm. and sitting with your partner, right? And asking them to define it. Mm-hmm. Because when I ask my clients, especially at the beginning, I'm like, what do you want? And they're just like, I don't even know. No, they don't. They don't know how to figure it out. And both of them are operating from the models that they had growing up, good or bad, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I think the dynamic that I see so much with couples with young children, and I just love like school-age children, right? Mm -hmm. Mostly are the clients that I deal with. I'm in that bracket as well, is they have unintentionally somewhat sometimes intentionally created a over-functioning, under-functioning dynamic. Mm, oh, say more over-functioning, yes. under-functioning. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, okay. right. So th- if you're in a partnership, right, you are always interacting with each other. <laughs> your steps influence your partner's steps and vice versa. And so in the over-functioning, under-functioning dynamic, one person is doing more and has inadvertently or intentionally created a scenario where the other person does less. And how that is created is by one, not defining what you really want and what partnership looks like to you. The second is not making requests and advocating 
for what you want. And the third is not setting appropriate boundaries. And so again, defining what you want. I want to speak a little bit more to the not making requests, because I think as women, we feel uncomfortable getting exactly what we want. Right. I do you and, think, yeah, we get, we feel, let me say that. Let me think about that for a second. We get, we feel uncomfortable getting exactly what we want. Well, I, I think we make it, I think we make the need, the, the, the desire wrong in some ways, you know, like if I want help from my partner or I want him to show up in a certain way for me, if I'm making my need mean that I'm not good enough, that I'm not a good wife, I can't keep it together. Then when I get the support, I may show up. I may, I may not be able to receive it. I might exactly be and resentful. Mm-hmm. Yes. You feel guilty, right? That's the emotion that I think all of us need to be able to tolerate. Because I think mm-hmm. for many times in very specific situations, you may know what you want, right? You may And I'll just even use myself as an example, right? My husband goes to work very early in the morning. So I am on mom duty in the mornings always. And on Sundays, I've made the request, hey, can you get up with the kids on Sunday? Can that be my day to like not have to get out of the bed at 6 a.m. and make everyone's breakfast and all of those things? And I can remember mornings laying in the bed and feeling so guilty that he was downstairs doing the thing I had asked him to do, right? Especially if there's a conflict or the kids start fighing or you, I, I, for my clients, like that it's early and I'm like, oh, he probably needs more sleep, right? Because he goes to bed later than I do. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got eight hours Mm -hmm. of sleep and he hasn't. So I think it is, I think it is, we make our desires wrong. Mm-hmm. But what contributes to the over-functioning, under-functioning dynamic is when we feel uncomfortable getting what we want. For sure. Because yeah. then what happens, right, is that he's doing the thing you've asked, but then you go meddle with it, right? You're like, oh, well, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go do this other thing? Or you micromanage mm-hmm. how he's doing it. And mm-hmm. so then he develops this belief system that like, well, I can't do it right. So I shouldn't do it. And now he's all tenuous and confused and it's easier for you to just do it. Like we are all so often in that trap. Yeah, Like it happens in parenting too, where I want my kids to tidy up or to do the dishes or, you know, manage something. And then it either takes a long time or they don't do it right. Or they squabble while they do it, or they complain while they do it. And it's like, what is time to go to bed now? And it's like taking them forever. Yeah. Yeah. What is the point of this? Like, I'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But then we don't get the thing we actually want, which is the support or the partnership, like in our marriage, the partnership or with our kids, kids who can do do things and yeah. do them well and do them right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So that's one thing that I see really, um, confronting, um, you know, couples in this stage of parenting, right. That over-functioning uh, under-functioning. I want to think about that mama though, in the bed, like yeah. as I, we're, we've all had that feeling of like, you're not even really sleeping. I mean, some of 
some of, some of the moms are like, what are y'all talking about? I'm fine with this, you know, but if you, for some reason, wake up or you start to hear noise and you're supposed to be resting and relaxing and the whole time you're in that vigilant state and like, should I go down? Should I go down? Should I go down? Oh my God. He's yelling at them. What? Oh, the, oh, he doesn't understand. She, yep. Johnny wants the blue cup. And I, I know where the blue cup is. Like, exactly. This is the breakfast they like to have. Why is he giving them that other thing? <laughs> so just, this isn't what maybe we were planned, but like what tool or mindset reframe or something that we can give that mom and me who's watching it not go, I don't know, perfectly or well, or easy, like yeah. some kind of connection to her body she can do to soothe or some kind of mantra, something she could say, like, what would you say to yeah. her? There's a lot of different things. And I encourage everyone to just like play around with them all. It's just mm -hmm. like trying on clothes at the mall. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I would say is the first thing is to tune into what you're actually feeling, mm -hmm. right? So for me, even in that moment, I was like, oh, I'm feeling guilty because I really don't have anything to do. I'm awake. I'm more of the morning person anyways, right? So I knew, oh, this is the emotion of guilt. Mm -hmm. What I love to do, especially for women who are in tune with their emotions. Some of us are very in tune with our emotions and we can tap right into what we're feeling. Some of us are really in tune with what we're thinking. So I'll give a strategy for that as well. But when you start to feel it, right? Mm. You want to just ask yourself, what emotion am I feeling? Yeah. And then you want to decide like, what's the relationship I want to have to this emotion, mm, right? Because okay. if you're feeling guilty, then what happens is when you want to resist guilt, that's when you go downstairs and take over mm -hmm, everything. Mm -hmm. But if you want to say, I want to allow the feeling of guilt mm -hmm. because I'm keeping my eye on the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. It's just the same thing as with parenting. I remember uh, sleep training my kids or getting them out of using the pacifier. Mm -hmm. I would feel guilty when they're in their crib crying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. For mm -hmm. me to come and I know what they want. Yeah. Right. Yes. But I would keep my eye on the bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. It's time for them to learn how to go to sleep now. Yeah. Right? It's time for them to find other ways of soothing themselves mm -hmm. outside of this pacifier. Mm -hmm. And so we do that all the time with parenting. We're always making decisions on behalf of our children that feel uncomfortable to us, mm -hmm. but we keep our eye on the bigger picture. Yeah. My phrase for that that I use all the time is be comfortable with their discomfort. Yes. And I think what you're like offering to us is being comfortable with our own discomfort. Yes. Yeah. Because you're human. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just that moment of like, Oh, I'm feeling guilty and I'm feeling guilty because of this, but this is the ultimate purpose. Yeah. I yeah, want to be in a marriage where we share the responsibilities in this way. Mm -hmm. So I have to create space for that to happen. Mm -hmm. right? yep. So for the, for the mom that's in that bed, that's like all in their head. Mm -hmm. I do think in those moments, deep breaths is always my first go-to because when you're in your head, your brain is just activated. A certain part of your brain is activated. That is perpetuating thought loops. Mm -hmm. You're going to feel anxious. Right. And so if you're in that space of like anxiety and just like, your heart is racing and like your blood is boiling. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. 
you want to first just take some deep breaths. I'm a really big fan of just taking some deep breaths to calm your nervous system down. Mm-hmm. If you're in that bed, listen to some music, right? But I think the thing you want to pay attention to is when your brain is just going a thousand miles a minute, it means that your body needs to calm itself down before your brain is ever going to get any logical, rational way of understanding the situation. Right. So any future, like, it's almost like delaying gratification in some ways. Like the short-term gratification is easing that guilt by going in and just being like, you go back to bed or coming in hot. Sometimes we come in cool, like, oh, you guys are chilling. You go ahead and you go back to sleep, honey, or whatever. Yeah. I'll rescue yeah. angel. And then other times we come in like, you know, hot demon. We're just like, no one is doing it right. Stop, you know, whatever, exactly. however that is. It's more stressful for me now than if I had just did it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but that is immediate gratification. It's immediately soothing the feeling of discomfort or right. guilt. You're, you know, you're, you're using guilt or it could be um, anxiety or worry or whatever, whatever that emotion is. And it's like delaying that yeah. gratification to soothe that emotion with that, you know, how do we get to the bigger picture? How do we get to the future thinking? And your, your offering to us is just to connect right back to our body, you know, breathing. I, I, um, I often don't recommend breathing in my practice because it, I want you to move because it helps faster. So yeah. I, even if you're laying in bed to put your hand on your chest, mm-hmm. um, put your hand on your belly, like e- even just kind of compression, putting while you're breathing so that you can really connect to the body. Um, I love that. Thank you. That's so yeah. good. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So I want to talk about requests, how, how to make them. Cause I, I, I love that you came to this place with your husband where you said, you know, on Sunday, I'd like to sleep a little bit or have like a chill, chill morning. And I think Figuring out what you want is really tricky. Like, how, like even can, how, how does a person figure out like, this would be the thing I want or what are the clues mm-hmm. do you yeah. think that is helpful? Yeah. So I think the first sort of like overarching mindset you want to have with trying to figure out what you want is that it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. Like when you're making a request to your spouse, it doesn't have to feel like this is the one request that's going to solve everything. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. It can be like, this is just going to give me a little bit of margin in my day, mm-hmm. or this is just going to give me a minute to not have to be on. Mm-hmm. Right. So I want everyone to just like, if this feels hard for you, just like try out some things, just try out mm-hmm. one thing and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but when you're, when you're trying to really assess it, you want to look at what are your trigger moments? Mm-hmm. What are the moments when you're really out of alignment with like who you want to be, how you want to be showing up when you do come downstairs and you have the attitude versus the chill, calm, grounded version of yourself. And so you want to just take maybe like your most recent three trigger moments. And you want to start making connections. Like what was going on here that really set me off? Because that's going to surface to you a need, like you're in cognitive dissonance where you want a certain experience in the marriage, but you're not having that. And so you're like 
I call it like a healthy agitation. You're like, mm-hmm. wait, they're, they're, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't sit well with me that you're in the bed till 12 and I'm down here with the kids every five minutes, mommy, this mommy, that mm-hmm. I want a snack. Right. Like, and so that's how I personally came to it. I was like, what is it about the weekend mornings that just like sets thing, things off in a not good direction for us. And I saw that it was like, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Right. It's like, I feel like he's relaxing and not engaged. And so I was like, okay, what it, what feels like a request? And this is a really important key of the request. What feels like a request that is honoring and respectful of us both, right? Because when you're frustrated and you're making your request, right? From that space, that might look like you take the kids all day. I'm going away versus, okay, can you get up with the kids Mm -hmm. for this period of time? And actually how we've worked it if he needs a nap later in the afternoon, like he just goes to take a nap Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm in a much better position to care and deal with all the responsibilities Mm -hmm. that might happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it is. You want to look at like, what are the things that constantly trigger me? What would I need in this moment? What am I looking for? What feels off in this partnership? Mm -hmm. And then what's a reasonable request that is honoring for both of us. It's not like I get a hundred percent of what I want and they're left with zero of their needs met, mm-hmm. but like, how can this just be an exchange of needs? Yeah. And also that our needs matter. Cause yes. I think sometimes if, if we don't, if the woman doesn't make as much money, or if you're in a, a different kind of partnership, if the other person makes more money mm-hmm. or works more hours or works outside the home, right? Works outside like, the home. Yes. In this age, right. Yes. With so many people working from home or starting businesses from home or. Yeah. So we just think office. that they are more entitled to having their needs met and we don't have to go deep, but it's almost like a, a a symptom of the, of capitalism gone wrong in some ways of like, who, whoever has the most money is the most important, you know? And it's like, well, actually I'm real busy all day with these people. <laughs> like I've got a lot going on with these humans. Right. And yeah. just valid recognizing that our need is valid. Like, well, you know, if you say the, um, stay-at-home parent doesn't work outside the home or even inside the home. And it's like, well, you could go to bed. You could go back to sleep. What are you talking about? I have to go to work. It's like, I can't go back to sleep at nine o'clock. I've got to go to the grocery store and make sure people are signed up for stuff and get dinner prepped because we have soccer all afternoon. We're working during those hours. They just aren't being paid. And it can be really confusing, I think, to even think our needs are valid. Yeah. 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 It, it, it can be. And I think, you know, one of the things you want to think about is like, where did you learn to invalidate your needs? Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think, and again, moms, you see your kids, they're pretty good at advocating their, for their needs. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? yep, they are. They let you know what they need, when they need it and, <laughs> and they what they want about- and yeah. why you're wrong to not give so, it to them. Exactly. And so it's, it's in, it's an ability and a skill set we have 
but we get messaging or conditioning somewhere along the line that it's not okay Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. to have things that you need, right? Whether that's just being a child, being parented by an adult who doesn't treat you like a real human being, Mm -hmm. right? Yes, right. Yep. Yep. And so you want to just notice like, oh, I learned to stop doing this. Mm -hmm. And I think having so much compassion for yourself with that realization that like, oh, because I think for some people, especially, you know, in the personal development coaching space where you're learning to be more empowered and you're learning to advocate for what you want. For those of us who have a tendency to like shame ourselves, then you'll like beat yourself up for not advocating of like, well, why can't I ever stand up for myself? Why can't I ever like mm-hmm. validate my own needs? And, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, let's just be gentle. gentle yeah. You're unlo- uh, deprogramming. You're, you're unlearning. Yeah. So it's going to take time mm-hmm. and it's going to take time. And that is a much better pathway to arriving at the place where you do see your needs as equally important. That's actually in my coaching programs, one of the foundational beliefs I teach everyone. So imagine your partner is getting this message and you're getting this message that my partner's thoughts, needs, experiences matter just as much as mine. Mm -hmm. It is literally life-changing for relationships when both people can come to the table, believing that and seeing that and creating that together. Yeah. It's, I was just remembering when my husband and I, uh, for a long time, we struggled with this of like, um, the most tired one wins or, you know, the, <laughs> the most total, stressed I have a podcast episode on competition matches, right? Yeah, com- yes. I am the one that needs this. I need more time for myself because of this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and what I found in our marriage that really worked was honoring who we are, like our strengths. And like, if it's, I remember being so angry with him about sleep. Like, you know, when you have young kids, all you just never feel like you get it. It's a luxury. It's like the lottery. (laughs) You just never feel like you have enough sleep and, um, always trying to make it really fair. Like, Mm. cause he's really wanting it to be fair. And then I wanting it to be fair. But what I recognized at one point is that I'm actually pretty good. I can do a lot of mornings, kind of what you were saying, like that you are a morning person and it's not a big deal. You just kind of need one day a week where you're kind of cool or on it. And when I recognize that, oh, I, I don't have to make it fair. I don't have to be, make it um, equal. I just, I love the concept of equity over equality and equity is like everyone gets what they need. Not everyone gets the yes. same thing. And recognizing that in my marriage of like, well, I don't have to make it all fair. Like, oh, you bought a new thing for your hobby. I get to buy a new thing for my hobby. It's like, I actually don't even have a hobby that costs money. So what it, it's like going a little bit further and recognizing that we all have different needs and they don't have to be the same and we can honor those. And there's more room probably in a marriage for if there's a diversity of needs, then if we're all kind of vying for the same resource of time, energy, money, you know, space, whatever that is. Um, but yeah. not obviously not gaslighting ourselves be like, well, I actually don't need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> right. You no, don't need anything. It, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think it, 
it it is that exactly right it mm-hmm. does not have to be a 50-50 split mm-hmm. and the way that i like to look at it as well you know when you're struggling to feel like you're creating the level of partnership that you want it's really a helpful thing to just take a step back and look at your values mm-hmm. what are the things that you really value and what are the things that are priorities for you because what you're going to find is that when you're in alignment with like what you value as a mom and you are feeling like the priorities that matter to you are getting your time and attention, you're not going to care <laughs> what mm-hmm. your spouse is doing. If they like washed the dishes the one day that you cooked dinner, right. Or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever agreement you have, you are going to be more focused on like, am I able to experience the things I want to experience, right? And that matters more than like, did I get exactly eight hours of sleep? Mm -hmm. No, but it's like, did I just have 10 minutes to myself to like collect my thoughts, connect with what I want for this day Mm -hmm. and come on downstairs as my best self? Yeah, yeah. That's such a great uh, like gift for everyone listening because they can, I think there is confusion around, making things fair. And I, I don't know if it's a male trait or not, but it it does seem like it gets in women are like, I'm not asking for it to be fair or equal. I just want this. And they're like, well, that's not fair. And kind of just having a conversation of everybody can get their needs met. There's enough, there's plenty, and we can work together. We can talk it through and make a plan that actually works for us, for our unique situation. And that really requires a level of introspection, I think, for the, for one of, for both partners, but particularly for the mother or the woman in the relationship to come and say, um, I like your, your, um, what'd you call it? Hostile, not hostile, your healthy angst. Oh, healthy agitation. Healthy agitation. Yeah. It's like, I'm agitated right now. This is a clue to me. And so I want to talk about this issue and I want to get to, you know, get to some sort of resolution that works for both of us. Yeah. And, and I think just even the way that you've just framed that, right. Going back to the request, right. So mm-hmm. many times people may think they're making a request, but they're just offering a complaint. Yeah. Right? I had a client once tell me that, you know, her and her, her husband had been in couples therapy for quite a while. and she was just taught to express her needs. Like Mm -hmm. I need this. I feel this way or actually express her feelings more so without feeling sad. I'm feeling, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling feeling hurt Uh because of this, that you did. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And what I taught them literally in one conversation Mm -hmm. at our retreat was let's follow this kind of formula. Share Mm -hmm. what you're feeling, share what's going on for you and state what you would like instead and make a request. I think that piece, because that's exactly what you just did. Like I'm feeling agitated, let's do this. Or can we Mm -hmm. talk about this? Mm -hmm. And I think so many times the conversation just ends with, I'm feeling so agitated, you're doing this thing wrong, Mm -hmm. rather than, hey, this isn't really working for me. I'm feeling Mm -hmm. overwhelmed. I'm feeling very anxious about this. Mm -hmm. This is what I would like instead. How can we figure this out? Or would you be willing to do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. That's the formula really for making a request that can actually be heard. 
Right. It's, I teach the limit setting formula in my program for, for getting your children to change their behavior. Right. Like, and that is really what it is. When I asked you, how do you know what you want? And you said this healthy agitation, I typically teach my clients, like whenever you're angry about a misbehavior, that's a clue to you that you need to set a better limit. And it's so similar in, in marriage and, or in relationships in general, it's like, am, am I upset by something? Okay. That's a clue to me. And then the formula is instead of saying to your kid, do this, don't do, don't do that, which are commands Mm -hmm. is we say, you are welcome to do this under these conditions. Like you're well, I'm, or I am happy to read books to you as long as you're in your pajamas by the time the timer goes off Mm -hmm. and we have to flip our command and, and, and turn it into either a request in an adult relationship. We make requests in parenting. We're setting limits and then waiting to see what happens. Right. And I just think there's so much similarities to it, except that you're in a peer-based relationship. So there's actually a lot more hope and ease than with your kids. Hopefully you're in a peer-based relationship, right? Some, some mm-hmm. of the listeners now are like, well, I don't know. I'm the adult. Yeah. My, I basically have like seven children seven or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Including a partner. Yeah. Yes. Right. And, but it's like, what I think that is hard for my clients, the moms I work with, and I think it's probably why I keep pointing this out is because we have to stop. Okay. I'm upset, but what is it that I want? We have to flip it into a request. We have to turn like I work right now in my marriage, we're working on a meal, like food in general, like Mm -hmm. the whole category of food, because I have planned, procured, prepped and made right. The food for this, all these years, and I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, I have to keep figuring out what is it that I'm asking my husband to do? Mm-hmm. And I, I have to really work at what is it that I would want? Mm-hmm. Do I want him to cook every night. Do I not want him to cook? Do I want him to go to the grocery store? Do I want him to figure out what we need? There's so many different things to understand and it's not been an easy process. It's taken time yeah. and that's also okay. Yes. Yes. Like, Let's just keep having conversations about it because I am, I'm still have this, you know, this frustration and like, I'm, you know, oh, we tried the Sunday morning thing though. That's not really working for me, not actually getting the rest that I need, but I, the rest that I need is still important. Let's work at it again. Let's come back to the table and talk about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I think that thought of like, oh, well, I tried it and it didn't work, Mm -hmm. right? Takes people out of the game completely. And I think the it didn't work part could be, I I didn't produce the result that I wanted for myself here or for us here, or I didn't like my spouse's or my partner's response, right? That as well. Like we're doing a lot of projecting of how we think someone's going to respond to Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. that keeps us not asking for what we want or voicing a complaint instead of a request. Yeah. I could talk about that particular, we could talk about that for like a hundred years, which is why people need to hire you because that what, when we had this whole conversation about meals, what came to, 
to the table in our conversation. It was very loving, very kind. But my husband was like, I absolutely do not want to ever make a meal. And he was really clear about it. And it hurt. I'm like, but I make meals for you. Mm -hmm. Well, I I cannot believe you're unwilling to make a meal for me. And he's like, I, I do not want to, I will cook for myself. I have no expectation of you to cook for me. You, you can, if you want, but I, I don't want to cook for you or anybody else. And it's not over this conversation. I'm so, like I'm on like the edge of my seat. I'm so curious. Like why? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I did. I asked him a lot of questions about why, and he just, it's not interesting to him. He doesn't like the pressure of it. He doesn't understand it. It's, it's like, um, like, do you want to learn Chinese right now or Mandarin? I don't, I have no interest in learning any new language. And so that was kind of for him. He was like, I'm no, I want to find a different, like my solution Mm -hmm. was not even equal. I, I actually still really didn't know what I want. I was like, well, can you cook for me sometimes? I don't know if, like, why do I have to cook all the meals? And, and when he, when we finally got to it and I was like, are you really saying that you're unwilling to make anything? And like, you know, he was like, oh, well, I don't know. I like, I don't know, but like a piece of toast, if he's having toast in the morning, would he make a piece of toast for you? Yeah, it was so very interesting. This is what, why I was saying we could talk about this forever, but it was the pressure or the responsibility of it, of like being required to maybe produce a meal at the level that I'm accustomed to. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, you know, he'll just ground Turkey with no so- seasoning yep. whatsoever. And like that, he's like, yeah, hey, I'll do that. You're welcome to have some of it. Yeah. But I'm not going to like make it good because I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It was so interesting to me when you said like, he said he would cook for himself. Right. Mm -hmm. But not for anyone else. And so, yeah, of course. Right. It's the pressure Mm -hmm. of feeling like someone else has to be satisfied with this. And that's what he's opting out of. Yes. Right. Like, um, but it's not because he doesn't want to cook for you. He doesn't want to cook for anybody. Right. Like he doesn't. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine putting whatever crap food together that I want to eat. And right. like, you're welcome to eat my hodgepodge weird crap right. food. And <laughs> I'm like, a bologna sandwich here, yes. Know. And I'm kind of like, well, I like that sort of stinks, you know, cause I'd like to be taken care of, like have someone cook for me that something that I want to eat. And he was like, yeah, you, I don't want, I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. I'm not willing to like make it like you make it. Yeah. And that it was just so e- it would have been so easy for me to get very upset. I mean, I was like we had to keep talking about it to get to the other side of what he was actually saying. And then I had to go through and like god, that sucks. What I wanted isn't going to happen. What I what I was hoping for was a partnership in meal well, making. the way I want, the way I want, yeah, the way I want right? it. Part yep. of me is like, oh, if you want someone to cook a meal, like this is the experimenter in me. I'm like, well, 
would you be okay with like once a week he hired a chef to come in? Oh yeah, right? oh, he's so happy to like figure out another solution. He's like, on my nights, I'll order out or whatever. Yeah. Or like, it just was, we had a lot of solutions, but my brain was like, the best thing for me is if you figure out what you're going to make, you go to the grocery store, you buy it all, you put it all away. And then on your day, you start at six, just like I have for 25 years and yes. you prep for, you know, 40 minutes and then you present a meal. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Yes. <laughs> but I needed to recognize that the request I was making was that. Yeah. And then there was so many parts of that process yeah. and that there was, he, he was a no on my plan. Yeah. Well, and I think hey. for anyone listening to this, right, it may not be the meal prep and the food for you, but whatever it is, when you have a very specific request and you're thinking it should mm-hmm. be executed in a certain way, what is so important, especially if your partner is resistant to it or has another idea or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, is to try to find, and it's hard to sometimes do this on your own, which is like, that's why my, we need my coaches. My brain is like, try not <laughs> to even coach you on this. In this it's podcast, okay. Yeah. Right. But I think the question you want to ask yourself is what is the need that I'm trying to get met? Yes. Yes. Because the way you can get that need met, there are multiple ways. Yep. Right. Like, and mm -hmm. a lot of my clients and even in our own home, they struggle with that time thing of like, I need you to be home by a certain time so that I can do these things for myself. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the only way to solve your time scarcity or time competition issue is that your spouse be the one to be there to take care of the kids. Mm-hmm. And the number one strategy I've implemented and that I've helped my clients implement is get a babysitter, Yeah, right? Just expanding the way you solve the problem mm-hmm. makes it no longer a problem. And so then you have to ask yourself, if I'm unwilling to explore different ways to make this need met, what is that about? Mm-hmm. Is it that I only want it this way or I want to solve the problem? Mm-hmm. This comes up a lot with me and my clients with gift giving as well, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, I want my spouse to surprise me. I want them to like, you know, do these types of things for me on my birthday or Mother's Day or whatever the case may be. And they're always disappointed when it doesn't go that way. And I'm like, yeah. why didn't you spell it out? They're like, well, I don't, I shouldn't have to. So then it's like, okay, you want him to figure it out on his own more than you want to actually get what you want. Yeah. And so that means that you, you want the surprise more than you want the thing, the thing. whatever that yeah. is. Yeah, exactly. But and his surprises always leave you disappointed. So like, that's not working. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to be surprised after all. Maybe you actually want the thing you want you because he doesn't like surprises. And I think that's the <laughs> thing, like we're making a lot of assumptions of, about why our spouses or why our partners are a no and why they're not following through in a certain way. Right. So I love that you obviously as a coach approached it with curiosity and you just asked Mm -hmm. a lot of questions, Mm -hmm. but I guarantee you, right. Like some of us listening to this conversation might've had a very different reaction and it could have led to an argument. Oh, 100%. Yes. And so tell everyone how to find you and how to (laughs) learn from you. Yes. And what they need to yes, do. Literally, we could have like five calls about this, this all right now. This yeah. So. Yeah. So, cause we're, I mean, our key takeaways today, right. Are just 
really going in and figuring out what is making us, uh, us upset, your trigger moments, um, your healthy agitation, like kind of getting curious about that. And yeah. in, instead of just dumping that agitation on your partner, going inside and asking, okay, what is it that I would want? I sometimes think about like, what's ideal here? What would a perfect scenario look like? Like, so that I can figure out where, where, what I want and then go backward from there. Yes. And, so, and then that's the request piece. That's and, the request piece. Yep. And then that other takeaway is, you know, recognizing it doesn't have to look equal. It doesn't have to look like a certain way that we think it needs to look that go back and figure out what is it that I'm actually solving? What's the need here that I'm addressing and getting creative. Yeah. Right. 100%. Yeah. And like exploring with your partner. And, um, I mean, I'd like to just say, assume the best Yeah. from them. Like if I would have assumed the worst of my spouse in that conversation, which I have done multiple times in the years, you know, <clears throat> um, is it, but when I assume that he is in it with me, mm-hmm. that he's my partner, he wants to, he wants us to be happy that yeah. he, he's seeing that I'm struggling with an area and I'm wanting him to step up and he's not necessarily resistant, but like, well, what is this going to mean for me? And I don't know if I want that. And there's tension there and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So tell everyone how they can find you. What are your programs? What is it like? Yes. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can hop on over to that search bar and look Mm -hmm. for my podcast, which Mm -hmm. is called love marriage again with Dr. Siobhan. You can find me there. And if you are looking for a coach, looking for someone to really help and guide you step-by-step in doing this work, you can go to my website. It's drsiobhan.com. It's dr. C-H-A-V-O-N-N-E.com. I have two ways that you can work with me. You can work with me privately in couples coaching. And I also have a group program called the Marriage Upgrade, which same process for each of those same level of results. Um, You just get to do the work in community with other couples that are also in this with you. Oh, that's so great. Good, good, good. Yeah, so we'll put all the links in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you for coming on and talking to my audience about marriage. And I just think there's so, I always think of myself as a relationship coach because I think of parenting as a relationship, like you're in a relationship with another human being and it's a specific type of relationship, just like being a partner, a spouse is a specific type of relationship. And, you know, we do need specific tools Mm -hmm. and there's so many parallels in our relationships with our partners and with our kids and we're the we're the x factor right the 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 mother or the woman and so when we grow in one area it impacts all the areas so i encourage everyone to reach out and work with you yeah thank you for having me it's been a delight to be here you're welcome all right all right everybody i'll see you next week have a great week